to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again, and I hope all is well. Hi, Dan. Yeah, all really good here. Um, as we sit recording this at quarter past 11 on Wednesday morning, I think I've just got back warm from the football last night on Tuesday night. An absolutely bitterly cold evening, uh, but a good one as Barnsley won 3-1. Uh, we're now in fourth and we've still got loads of games in hand on everyone around us. Uh, massive game on Saturday. Automatic promotion hopes resting on it at home to Plymouth. And to be honest, I've not really checked the script that you've sent across, but I assume this podcast will be a... 45 full pre 45 minute full preview of Barnsley v Plymouth this weekend. <laughs> Maybe is what I'll say, but I know what you mean about the cold. I've got to go to a, a non-league cup final this evening, and it's about minus two up here, and I can't say I'm really looking forward to it. But the things you do for football and all of that, because last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I think it's fair to say what a difference a week makes in the world of Spurs. <laughs> Yes, and uh, obviously the life of being a Spurs fan, you know, one week you're beating Man City, one week you're beating Chelsea, and then the next week you're knocked out of their fair cup by Sheffield United, and then of course losing in the league to Wolves, so yes, it's been a really difficult week, I think I mentioned on the show last week, um, ahead of the Sheffield United game in the cup, really wanted Spurs to do well in that competition, it's been 15 years now since we last won a trophy, I was desperate for us to end that run, and um, you know, we had a great chance to do it, but look, we rested players, we produced a really poor performance against Sheffield United and, and yet yeah, really, really deflating defeat. I mean, for me to have gone out like that was, was just so disappointing. But look, I've paid my £60 to go tonight, draw me back in and uh, yeah, ready to get hurt again tonight. Obviously, a massive game against AC Milan. Um, for some reason, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, Chelsea managed to do it. I'm hoping Spurs can do it, but uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what, what they can do. It's going to be money well spent if Tottenham get over the line. But we'll have to wait and see on that front because the intros are out the way. So let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's start with Liverpool's trip to Bournemouth. Craig, the Reds hit seven last weekend and they put nine past the Cherries earlier in the season. Is this going to be another big win for Jürgen Klopp's men? I mean, based on those two things that you've just mentioned there, Danny, it should be. But I've got a doubt in my mind about this, um, which means that the odds on offer, which is just four to nine for a Liverpool win, are really not for me. If you look at Liverpool's last three at home, uh, good against Everton, I thought. Really comfortable against Wolves. Maybe not great, but comfortable. Um, excellent against Manchester United last weekend. You know, the Liverpool of old. Um, look at the last three games away from home. Absolutely dreadful away at Wolves. Good at Newcastle, but I put a bit of an asterisk at the side of that because I think Newcastle are very poor at the minute and and we're only just sort of really realising how bad they, they are playing at the minute. Um, and then dreadful again against Q, uh, Crystal Palace a couple of weeks ago. I do think that Liverpool will win this. Um, I don't think they'll win it comfortably. But when I start looking at teams who are 4-9 to nine away from home, 
I need to be seeing a lot more than what I've actually seen at the minute from Liverpool. Um, if they start playing well away from home again, then then fair enough, I'll start backing them at this sort of price. But to me, there's too much risk for the low odds that are on offer, considering Liverpool are away and what they've done away from home recently. So I do think they'll win, but but not the odds for me. Okay then, Jamie, because the Premier League is a strange beast at the best of times, and shot results sometimes follow a thrashing that's taken place the week before. So with that in mind. Could you see Liverpool slipping up at the Vitality Stadium and being held to a draw or to 7-2? Yeah, I mean, look, look, I think it could be a little bit reactionary, but I do think Liverpool will now try to kick on here. I think that that was such an emphatic win. I think it was a real confidence-boosting win for them against Manchester United. Obviously, all their front three getting involved, I thought they were magnificent. But look, it's a bit crazy saying that after a couple of weeks ago, we obviously mentioning that Real Madrid lost, that, you know, the way, the manner in which it happened. And, you know, I, I kind of predicted them to slip up against Palace and, and they did that. So, you know, it is weird to kind of see how, how they've managed to turn it around a little bit. Um, and, and now I do fancy them to kind of go and kick on. But um, yeah, as I said, looked really good against Man United. I thought in both attack and defence, they would look really good. I think defensively, they looked solid once again. Obviously, Trent having a much better game. I think Virgil van Dijk, almost looked back to his best in, in that match. So that was a really good performance from him. And, uh, you know, at the moment, you, you kind of now put them as as top four, you know, hopefuls for sure. I mean, I'd even have them as my favourite to, to snatch that fourth place spot at the moment when you consider some of the teams also in the race. They've got games in hand as well. They've got a nice run of fixtures. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously, um, you know, a big confidence boosting win. I do fancy them to win here against Bournemouth. Maybe a caveat to that would be obviously a 12-30 game being away as well. So that's not a bit of an awkward kind of kickoff time. And obviously, as I said, away. Um, uh, I think for Bournemouth, they've had like a little tricky run at the moment. They've had to face Newcastle, Brighton, Man United and Arsenal in, in uh, four of the last five games. So it's been a really difficult run for them. And uh, yeah, I think they're going to suffer another defeat here. They come up against Liverpool side, who I said, big confidence boosting win. Their front three will be really kind of uh, lifted by that. And uh, I think they'll take full advantage of Bournemouth here and uh, get the win. Now, Craig, there's always a temptation when a team scores an abundance of goals in one game that, you know, bets are going to fly in for more of the same the following week. It's almost like a trap that's been set. So we've seen seven goals at Anfield scored by Liverpool last Sunday. If you were backing the total on the South Coast, what would you be opting for? Yeah, I think you're spot on. And I think as well as saying that, I would go as far as to say that the games last week have affected the odds too. I mean, if you look back to last weekend, there's two games we're all talking about and that's Liverpool scoring seven and Arsenal coming back to win 3-2 against Bournemouth. So Bournemouth being involved in a five-goal thriller. Um, I think the bookmakers have, have sort of seen that and, and changed their odds because of that. It's 8-13 to 13 for over 2.5. It's 13-10 to 10 for under 2.5. Now, I appreciate those games that happened last week, but I do think that if you look at this just purely based on odds and based on the sort of slightly bigger picture, um, it's the under 2.5 that I would go with. It's 13-10. to 10. If you look at sort of Bournemouth in particular, last weekend at Arsenal, you know, 3-2 comeback and, and everybody will remember that. Prior to that, they were beaten by Manchester City heavily. But, you know, many teams are beaten by Manchester City heavily. Before that, though, if you look, they went on a run of five games and every single one of those five games saw under 2.5 goals. They, they were tightening up before those two games while still struggling to continue, for uh, struggling to score goals, sorry, themselves. Um, and let's not forget, you know, go back a couple of weeks and... This Liverpool team was short of goals back then, a little bit short of goals. And we were sort of looking at them and thinking that, you know, they've got good players, but they're not really scoring enough. So I just think purely based on the odds and the fact that if we look, sort of take a step back and look at the bigger picture rather than looking at sort of what happened last weekend, 
it, like I said, it'd be the under 2.5 for me here. It's 13 to 10. Um, just hoping that Bournemouth can keep Liverpool at bay for, for a large period of the game, even if I do think Liverpool will win in the end. Well, exactly. That covers the 2-0 away win just fine. I think, as you say, you know, you've got plus odds on that decision. And I feel that people get sucked in by the, oh, Liverpool scored seven, so they're going to get, what, four, five, six this week. But sometimes that's not the case. But, Jamie, with that in mind, if you have to pick an anytime scorer from the list of options mm. that are going to be available, what player takes your fancy before kickoff? Yeah, I mean, that does feel like quite an easy job here to, to kind of pick one of them. But then again, you know, I've got multiple to pick from now with Nunes, obviously Gakpo and Salah all, all performing really well. So obviously difficult to pick just one of them. Um, Gakpo, I think, is a really nice shout. He's at seven to four. Um, obviously, I thought he was really good. Took his goal, second goal, really nicely. I thought it was a fantastic finish. That was kind of a finish of a player who who's starting to get a bit of confidence now. So, um, yeah, I think that definitely tempts me. But look, I think after Mo Salah's performance, obviously two goals, two assists, almost looked like the Mo Salah of old. Um, I, I'm quite confident that they will actually go on and win this one and, and, and do it fairly comfortably. I said I do think that maybe I think in the first half it might be a bit a bit sluggish. Obviously, getting up for a 12:30 game I think is always difficult. I think these ones are often low scoring, so I don't think it's going to be like a, a particularly emphatic win. But uh, I think in the second half I can see Liverpool getting the job done. I think their the front three, the quality of their front front three will tell. Uh, Mo Salah is, is is going to be my pick here for an anytime goal scorer at six to five. Okay, then let's look at the two teams at the top of the table. First up, of course, Arsenal. They travel to Fulham on Sunday. Craig, is this one going to be as simple as the away win odds of four to seven, or could the Cottagers have a sting in the tail? Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's quite a tricky one to sort out. Decent side of Fulham, and I thought they played all right on Monday night despite losing against Brentford. Um, but the one thing that I'm sort of coming towards now is: is can you actually go against Arsenal right now? To me, they're playing like champions. Um, they're playing well, but they're also getting the rub of the green a lot. Um, they're also finding a way to win when it looks unlikely. Um, I've sort of questioned to myself, and I think I mentioned last week on the podcast, how much of it is luck, um, you know, but, you know, good teams are lucky. Good teams get luck because they deserve it and, and things go for them. Are we going to see this stop at some point? I, I don't know. Um, but, but, you know, every, everything is, is sort of going for Arsenal at the minute. They're short enough in the betting. But I just think that somehow Arsenal will find a way to win this. I'm not saying it'll be convincing, um, but I just think Arsenal are somehow going to pull another win out of the bag, as they have been done. You can say that they're lucky and it'll come to an end, or you can say that they're looking like champions. And, you know, champions gone by, sort of teams just find a way to win, whether it's a late winner, whether it's coming from behind, whether it's been in a, sort of an impossible position and, and just finding something. Um, that's what Arsenal are doing right now and that's what champions do so I do think they'll win this I don't think it'll be convincing um, I think it'll be very narrow a, a tight win but I do think ultimately Arsenal will come out on top Now Jamie if you're looking at this game from a half-time full-time point of view how do you see this one panning out across 90 minutes? Yeah look, look I'm 100% with Craig here I think this will be a game where it's going to be a tough test for them but I think they can get over the line and uh, you know just, just on the luck as well at the moment for them I think they have been so, they have been so good in these games. Now consistently doing it now, you know where they are, you know coming from behind or having to, you know having to find a different way to win. Um, I think the, the the fact that they are consistently doing it, and then you look at the way they have been playing in these matches. I think that you know they they've thoroughly deserved to win them. I think against Bournemouth, yes, obviously they went two goals down, but you know they were absolute pepper in the goal. They were creating lots of chances. 
They were playing great attacking football. You know, I've seen some plenty of screenshots from Arsenal fans on Twitter of how many players they had getting forward. And, um, you know, and obviously they're kind of reaping the, the, the rewards from that. So, yeah, I think this one's going to be a, a, a tricky test for them. Fulham, obviously, have, have been a side who are doing really well at the moment. Um, they've lost on just three occasions in, in the 13 uh, home matches this season. So a side who are, are pretty tricky to beat at home. Um, so I think that 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 is going to be something where you know to factor in. Um, I think as well. Yeah, as I said, I, I do think the, the Gunners are going to be tested here, and especially after a European trip during midweek. Um, but I think it'll be a case of where they do eventually come out on top. So I'm going to go for a draw at half time, um, and then Arsenal to finally get the win um, at, at full time. You can get that at seven to two. Okay, then you just mentioned that the Gunners are in European action, so let's focus on that as well. Arsenal away at Sporting Lisbon on Thursday. Craig, how does 11 to 10 sound for the Gunners to pick up a first leg win? I think this is going to be a really, really tough game for Arsenal, this. And the reason why I think that is because I wonder where Arsenal are mentally with the Europa League. Um, I don't doubt that they want to win the competition, and I do think they'll take it seriously. And they've no choice because they're playing a very, very good team. But for the past few weeks now, they've been fully focused on the league. Uh, no distractions since they were beaten by City in the FA Cup. And they've gone through a very mentally tough time, in my opinion. The loss to City was a big blow. The absolutely crazy win over Aston Villa in the last minute. Um, coming from 2-0 behind to beat Bournemouth last weekend. All of those mentally sort of big things happening for them all around the league. And... The last two of those in particular have been absolutely huge positives for them. It must be mentally draining on this team. And it's, it's the league sort of taking over the club. The league is their thing. It's the one goal that they're focused on. So I just wonder, how do you then get up for a Europa League tie away in Europe on a Thursday night? A change of pace, a change of focus. I don't think... We'll see the best of Arsenal here, but I do think they'll be good enough to avoid defeat. So what I would do is go for the draw. And I just think if Arsenal have got a draw with sort of 20 minutes left, I think they'll shut up shop. But I just think it's going to be a very interesting game to watch from sort of a mental point of view, how Arsenal cope with this change of competition. And then again, sort of at the weekend, you know, that's sort of playing into my mind a little with a Fulham game. How will they adapt going back to the Premier League, depending on what happens in Europe? We don't know what's going to happen, but if they lose, is it an easy sort of transition back to the league because their loss was in Europe? Or I, I don't know. I, I just think it's, Arsenal have, have been through a lot mentally over the past few weeks, and I think this is a big test for them. So I don't think they'll win, but I do think they're good enough to get a draw. Well, Jamie, results aside, would you be tempted to back both teams to score odds of 4-5? to five? There's no way goals in the competition these days, but can both sides find the net this coming Thursday? Yeah, I, I think so. I think... Uh, you know, very much as Craig was said, I think this could be an awkward tie for Arsenal. Sporting, they've been very good this season. I thought they were somewhat unlucky to go up the Champions League. Obviously, they produced a very impressive start. I think they won, a, won away at Frankfurt and then obviously got that win against Spurs as well. So they look really strong. So a bit unfortunate to have gone out. Um, then, of course, you look at how many goals they'll score in the season. They've been full of them. Uh, they've scored 46 times in the league. Uh, they won 5-1 on aggregate in the last round of the Europa League against Michelin. Um, so, you know, there you go, a side who, who can certainly have goals in them. Um, and then, of course, you consider that Arsenal, I do think they will rotate. And, um, you know, I think we'll see some players that maybe aren't, haven't played a lot of minutes this season for Arsenal come into the team. Obviously, players that aren't used to playing with each other. I think there will be lots of rotation for Arsenal here. Um, and I think Sporting will take full advantage of that. So, um, yes, and, and as I said, I do think that will lead to both teams scoring. So, uh, yes, I would back both teams to score here. 
Okay, let's focus on the team which is second in the Premier League because we're going to go bet building once again. It's Crystal Palace playing host to Manchester City on Saturday and we are going to look to construct another winner. So Craig, as always, I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. Yeah, my pick for the anytime goal is Phil Foden at 13-5. to mm. I'm going to go with the informed City man here. Uh, four goals in his last three games, two in the FA Cup, and then one in each of his last two Premier League games, uh, Newcastle last week and one again, uh, Bournemouth, two weeks ago. Um, not really in favour, Phil Foden, a few weeks back, and sort of having to make the most limited opportunities, really, but he's now firmly back in sort of favour and, and in line for starting berths. Um, did complain about his foot um, at the end of the Newcastle game, said he'd sort of picked up a little knock on that. Well, they've had a, a week's rest, so I do think he will play here. Um, had City been in the Champions League or playing in midweek, I maybe would have changed my uh, my focus for this one. But I do think he will play. Uh, he's in great form. He's been out of the team, and it looks to have sort of brought him back up to the kind of levels we expect from Phil Foden. So I'm going to expect him to uh, go out and continue his goal-scoring run here. So Phil Foden for me. Yep, top shot there. Jamie, I'd like the over-under on the goals, please. Yeah, I think these two sides produced a lot of goals in the last time they met. I remember Crystal Palace going ahead and, and Man City coming from behind and, and that produced a really exciting game. I think we'll see the same again here where we're going to see you know lots of goals. Um, I think it's going to be a big Man City win though. I know Palace recently have, have kind of been a bit of a bogey team for, for Man City, but I think here, I think City are going to, their quality is really going to tell. Then, of course, it's also worth mentioning that I think Palace have been really poor recently. Um, obviously, I don't think they're going to contribute to the goals here because in front of goal, they, they have been really poor. They've failed to score in the last two. In the last, you know, it's been nine matches since they've scored more than once. So, a team that are really struggling. But I think Man City, they are a side who certainly have, haven't had any problems scoring. They are still the top scorers in the league with, with 66. Um, also, importantly, I think they're starting to share the goals around again. Um, I think that was why there was there had been such a good team over the years. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think they're a side who are kind of getting back to, to being at their best. And uh, I think they're going to score a, a number of goals here. And I'm going to go for over 2.5 goals. OK, then I'm going to go to the half-time, full-time market. And I actually think Palace will keep City at bay for the first 45 minutes. You just mentioned, Jamie, rightly, that Palace aren't scoring, but they're giving little away. You know, it's all noughts and ones at the moment. So I think a stalemate at the interval, that could be a one-all draw, but I can't see Palace getting their noses in front. However, from that point forward, I think City will find that extra edge, that extra quality will shine through. And with Palace really struggling for goals in duplicates, I don't see City losing this game at Sellers Park. So I think Pep's men are going to get the job done by minute 90. OK, then, just to recap our three picks. Craig has gone for Phil Foden to score any time on Saturday. James has gone for over 2.5 total goals. I've gone for the half-time draw and Man City win at full-time. That's odds of 18-1. to 1. So £10 on the betting slip, £190 in your back pocket. That's a big price, but it's a doable one. And I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. Craig, no winning nine now for Palace in the league. Do you see this run being extended to 10 by the end of the week? I do, yes, and it's it's beginning to look a little worrying for them. Um, obviously, podcast listeners will have been onto this a few weeks ago, um, but everyone else is starting to take note, I think. A couple more weeks and Crystal Palace are going to be in serious trouble unless they pull something out of the bag. Um, unfortunately for them, I just don't see them taking anything at all from this game. I think this is going to be a, a comfortable win for Manchester City. Um, I think it's going to sort of pile even more pressure on Crystal Palace, and I do think that the issue with Crystal Palace is that it seems every week now, one of the teams below them is getting a good result from somewhere, at least one, sometimes it's more. Um, they just can't rely on sort of the other teams being as bad as them anymore. 
Um, they have got a cushion at the minute, but that's going to be quickly sort of taken away over the next couple of weeks. And I do think Crystal Palace are in um, relegation trouble. Well, this is it, Jamie. If we look into our Crystal Balls just a little bit further, Palace have got Brighton and then Arsenal in the next two mm. matches after this. What do you think happens if the run gets extended to 12 without a win? Relegation yeah. or not at the end of the campaign, does a decision about the manager have to be made? Yeah, look, I, I feel a bit sorry for him in a way. Uh, I think this Palace team is, is kind of missing some crucial bits. Um, obviously, lack of a cl- clinical goal scorer. I think that's something that they've really struggled with. Obviously, they brought in some good strikers. I mean, Edouard was a guy who I really liked at Celtic. I thought he was kind of the perfect fit for them. But he's, he struggled to really do it. And obviously, we've seen several strikers come in at Palace and, and really failed to do it. So that's been an issue for them, having no real clinical goal scorer. I mentioned their issue with goals. You know, just, you know, I, I think, it's nine, as I said, nine games since they last scored more than once in a, in a game. So team are really struggling for goals. Obviously, we saw Conor Gallagher go back to Chelsea on loan, had a fantastic year last year, and, and they've really failed to replace him. So midfield has been a bit of an issue for them as well. So, as I said, they're missing kind of key components of the team. So I feel somewhat sorry for him. But then, of course, you do look around at other areas of this team. You know, I think he's got to be showing a bit more signs of, of that he's building something. I think defensively, they've got, you know, a solid partnership there of, of uh, Gay and uh, Anderson. I think that that's a strong partnership. Um, then, of course, you look at the other attacking talents, the likes of Eze, Elise, think two really top young players and I think they should be kind of offering more and, and Vieira needs to be getting more out of them so yeah that's obviously a bit of a concern then of course you look at the fact that they're 12th at the moment but they are only five points above the bottom three so you know if teams are going to start picking up points around them I think they're really going to start getting dragged into it and so so you kind of look at that with with the poor performances they're producing I know a lot of Crystal Palace fans I've spoken to are, are very unhappy with how they're playing at the moment so yeah I, I think you know, you see them kind of losing the next couple of matches. They're certainly going to kind of start considering maybe bringing in a new manager because I really think they, they could start getting drawn into that that race for survival. So, yeah, I think maybe you, you look at that as a tough run coming up. So maybe he might be given a free hit. And then, of course, looking ahead to the, the next couple of fixtures after that, that's where he might kind of um, really get tested and, and maybe questioned. Um, but I think for now, he, he probably is just about safe. I think he's got a little bit of credit in the bank. Um, so I think he's safer now, but uh, you know the next couple of games he, he could certainly start coming under some real pressure. Now, Craig, from a Man City perspective, how much will Arsenal's late winner against Bournemouth rankled with the Etihad camp? It looked like the gap was going to be down to three points. It's still five. Do Pep and his players simply have to focus on themselves? Yeah, I mean that can't have been easy for them to see. Sort of just when you start getting your hopes up, they're taken away. Um, but you know the. the Although that won't have been easy, Manchester City's task is is a relatively simple one. Um, this is all in Arsenal's hands, and just Manchester City, all they have to do is keep winning and wait for Arsenal to slip up. Um, if Arsenal slip up, then yeah, it's game on. You know, let, let's try and go and win a title. And if Arsenal don't slip up, then you know they've simply been too good and they deserve to win the title. So um, I, I do think that sort of Manchester City. I don't think I won't necessarily say that. They've got no pressure on, on their backs because there is pressure on, on them. But at the same time, it's a very simple task for them. They just keep winning and see what Arsenal do. And and if Arsenal don't slip up, then, you know, fair play to Arsenal. They've, they've won the league and deserved it. And Manchester City just have to make sure that they're there in the prime spot if or when Arsenal do slip up so that they can take advantage. Um, then it becomes interesting and, and then the sort of things change. But but for now, it's I think it's relatively simple for Manchester City. They've just got to keep keep winning games. 
Now, Jamie, City have earned 13 points for the last 15 on offer. Do you think there's a sense that they are almost going back to basics in terms of team shape and tactics? And that's is what is getting them the results. Yeah, look, I think maybe prior to, to that run, I think that they had been a real over-reliance on, on Erling Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne to obviously create chances and score the goals. Um, I think one thing that made Man City so good over the last couple of years is the fact that they had so many players contributing to goals. You know, you had a, a, just an array, array of attacking talent and uh, that really had dropped off this season. I think you, you look at the difference between Erling Haaland and the next top goal scorer and you know, it's a real kind of stark contrast. And uh, But I think in the last couple of games, we started to finally see other players stepping up. I think Phil Foden, he scored in the last two. We've seen Bernardo Silva get a couple of goals. Julian Alvarez scored against Bournemouth as well. We saw Rodri, Gundogan, Mares all scoring against Aston Villa. So I think there it is. You know, you've got players there now starting to step up a little bit more, um, starting to contribute a bit more. And again, I think I said with, with Man City, what made them so good is, is having so many goal scorers. And it's the exact same case with Arsenal at the moment. I think that that's why Arsenal are playing so well. That's why they're getting results, because they've got so many players who are just stepping up. You know, even Reese Nelson, obviously, is someone contributing. And I think that that's such an important thing to have in the team, you know, where you're not just over-relying on, on maybe a Harry Kane or an Erling Haaland. So, um, yeah, I think that that's what they needed. They needed their other players to step up. Because when Erling Haaland kind of is out the game, then, you know, he's almost, you know, he's completely anonymous. And, uh, you know, and then you can't always rely on the brilliance of, of De Bruyne to just create chances out of nothing. So, yeah, it was about other players stepping up. I think that they have started to do that. So if they can continue doing that. I think they will continue to win games. And, uh, yes, uh, I think it's obviously been a really good run for City. And I think that that's, as I said, been down to other players just stepping up. OK, that wraps up the events at Selhurst Park. Let's go to our long shot Acker because we go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between 2-1 to one and 5-1. to one. So, Jamie, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I mean, obviously, something we talked about off-air in terms of Stad Rems, I think we all kind of like the look of this one. Um, and so I'm going to go to France for my pick, as I said. Uh, I'm going to back uh, Will Steel's side to kind of continue their unbeaten run. Um, it currently stands at 18 matches without a defeat, so obviously a really impressive run there. On the weekend, they go away to Monaco. Um, and then, you know... Uh, that Monaco have been on a slightly tricky run in the last couple of games. They lost 3-0 at home to Nice. They also drew uh, away at Troyes uh, last weekend, who are 19th in Liga. So that was obviously a bit of a, a tough result for them. So I think Rems, they can go and get a result here. Don't think it'll be a win, but I think they can get a point. Um, and that's what I'm going to go for at 11-4. to Top shout. Craig, what have you got up your sleeve? It's League One for me, and it's Bolton to beat Ipswich at 13 to five. I was really, really surprised to see the odds on offer for this. Um, didn't expect this to be a game that would even qualify for the uh, the long shot Acker. Um, two very good sides, two teams who are in the promotion race. Um, Bolton arguably need the points a little bit more, and on top of that, Bolton are at home as well. So you would think that gives them an advantage. Um, to me, I make this an absolute coin toss between these two. I can't split them. But the bookmakers of the away side Ipswich priced up at 21 to 20, giving them the advantage. And that just seems way too short for me. Uh, Bolton have dropped points away recently, and that's seen them drop down into sixth. But at home, they've been far, far better. Uh, they've won the last five at home. They've only conceded one goal in that run. Ipswich are respected, and Ipswich are a very good team. But I just think at 13 to 5 at home, um, you know, he's, he's over 5 to 2. I just can't let Bolton go unbacked at that price. They're a very, very good side and they need the points. They're good at home. So it's Bolton to beat Ipswich for me. A solid shout. I'm going to Craven Cottage as Fulham play host at Arsenal. We know that because we've discussed it at Will earlier in the show. 
Now, of course, they play in Europe three days before that, being the Gunners, and they're in that unwanted Thursday-Sunday football cycle. Yes, they may have beaten Bournemouth in dramatic fashion last week, but they were 2-0 down to the Cherries, and that shouldn't be forgotten either. Fulham, of course, were edged out by Brentford on Monday, but they have made Craven Cottage a tough place to go to in recent weeks. And I think just that extra game midweek for the Gunners might hamper them a little bit. As Craig alluded to earlier, whatever happens in Portugal is going to then factor into the weekend. And I just feel that the Gunners are going to have to make do with a share of the points, odds of 16-5. to And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's quickly divert back to the Europa League as Manchester United play host to Real Betis. So Craig, they're only 2-5 to five to get the better of the Spanish outfit, but do you think they will respond after last Sunday's massacre at Anfield? Can you find a better bet for the listeners? Yeah, I do think that they will respond. And so, as we mentioned about Arsenal earlier on in the podcast, how they will cope with the change of competition, I actually think that it'll work as a positive for Manchester United here. Um, you know, big, big league defeat against Liverpool. Something completely different to take the mind off things. A competition where they will really, really fancy their chances of, of winning it all going a very long way. Um, we've seen them take this competition seriously. I think they'll continue with that. You know, they're not going to get involved in the title race. This is sort of this and the FA Cup are the, are the two competitions that I think Manchester United should put all their focus on moving forward. Um, I am expecting them to put a fairly full strength side out here and, and a win to bounce back from that Liverpool loss. Um, I think a convincing win will come here. If you want to play it safe, then Manchester United on a minus one handicap is 11 to 10. But what I like is to move up a notch and go for them on the minus two handicap, which is three to one. Um, with the second leg away, I just think United will want to get this over and done with in one night. I think they'll want to go away from home and know that the tie's pretty much in the bag. So it wouldn't surprise me if they went all out here, attacked, kept a clean sheet and ultimately came away with a 3-0, maybe even 4-0 win. Um, so, yeah, Manchester United minus two on the handicap line at three to one is where I'd go. OK, then, Jamie, if you were to look at this from a win to nil perspective, would 11 to eight for United to be of interest? Or do you think Betis can nick a goal on Thursday? Yeah, well, look, I've, I've got exactly kind of the same thing in my notes as Craig. I, th- I think they want to get the job done here. Um, you know, as, as, as Craig said, with the second leg being away, I think it'll be all about getting it done on the night at Old Trafford. So, yes, I do think they will keep a clean sheet. I think the weekend was just a one-off. Yes, obviously, in a very emphatic defeat. But uh, I do I do fancy them to bounce back here. Um, you know, obviously, United defensively have been, have been really good this season. I think the last couple of games as well, especially, they have been really good. So I do think that that was just a one-off. I think we're going to see all the key players. I think they're going to take this competition really seriously. And I think they're going to field almost a full-strength team on Thursday. I think we're going to see Casemiro, Varane, Lissandra Martinez all in the team. And uh, I think that'll be enough to keep a clean sheet to Old Trafford. So, uh, yes, I'm going to go for a Manchester United win to nil here. OK, then let's focus on their weekend Premier League task now because it's a home tie with Southampton. Craig, at 4-11 for the home win, are you in a rush to add this to your Sunday Premier League acker? Yeah, I mean, I do think Manchester United will win this, but if you look at the reasoning behind sort of what I've just said and what Jamie's just said, it does sort of point to a little caution around Sunday's game. Um, let's not just forget before we talk about Manchester United, two wins from the last three for Southampton. They have improved. Um, this is a completely different task altogether. This is much tougher, but it is fair to say that Southampton have improved over the past few weeks. Um, the odds on offer is short, and as we've sort of just both alluded to, Manchester United should, or we're hoping anyway, take the Europa League game very seriously and play their best team in that, which could mean that rather than the sort of usual three or four changes we see teams make for European games, those three or four changes are going to come in this game against Southampton. 
Um, so it is sort of one to be a little cautious of. I do think Manchester United will win. I don't think it'll be convincing because it wouldn't surprise me if podcast big friend Marcus Rashford was actually rested for this game because he's going to play on Thursday. Uh, maybe Casemiro as well. I don't know. I, I think United will win. I will happily add them to my accumulator. But there is reason to be a little cautious based on the fact that we think Thursday is the game that they'll take more seriously in terms of team selection. Now, Jamie, at the same time, Craig's just alluded to it there. Southampton have picked up six points from the last nine on offer. So, could the Saints take advantage mm. of United's punishing schedule at the moment and pick up at least a point in the double-chance market, odds of two to one? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm confident that United will win here. Um, I think uh, interesting kind of hearing Gary Neville um, speak about Anfield and the way that, you know, he's been there on a number of occasions, obviously fantastic United teams, and, and you know you can get swallowed up. Um, Mikel Arteta, I know there was a clip from, uh, I think it was one of the Amazon documentaries, he was mentioning about going to Anfield. It's always an incredibly difficult place to go and you can be in great form. And then again, you can just get swallowed up. So I do think it was just an off day for Manchester United. I think it was just a game where, you know, they did lose their heads and uh, I think that that's why it got to 7-0 in the end. So, yes, I do think they will get back to winning ways in the league here. Um, I think as well, it's worth mentioning um, Old Trafford. I think they are very much a different beast. They've won seven of their last eight league games at home. So, you know, flying at Old Trafford. So, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% back in Man United to get back to winning ways. I'm confident they will do it, you know, regardless of playing on Thursday. Uh, I think Southampton are a side who have been struggling. Yes, of course, they have picked up a couple of good results recently. But uh, I think Manchester United at Old Trafford will, uh, will be too good for them. OK, let's look at two teams with top four aspirations now. The first of those being Tottenham, as they welcome Nottingham Forest this weekend. Now, Champions League result aside, they certainly need an answer on the domestic front. So, Craig, how does 5-4 to four for the home win and a clean sheet sound to you? Yeah, I think that's definitely the way that I would sort of boost the odds in this one if we're looking for a way to, to add something to a Tottenham win. Um, Tottenham are still, in my opinion, not scoring as many as they should do. I think they've got a very sort of good group of attacking players, but they're not getting as many goals as what I expect them to. But one of the reasons why they're sort of getting away with that at the minute and it's not being highlighted is because they're fairly good defensively. Um, Forrest struggling away from home recently. Um, well, they struggled all, way, all season away from home, but but recently they've beaten 4-0 and 2-0 in the last two games. They've not scored away and they've conceded six. Um, I like a Spurs win and I think a clean sheet seems the logical way to boost the odds here. So, yeah, I'd take that bet, Dan, definitely. Now, Jamie, as we know, Tottenham are geared to be a second-half team at the moment, but would you be tempted by the half-time, full-time home win mm -hmm. or to 10-3? Yeah, I, I think so. I think this is the one fixture you'd kind of want at the moment to really get back to winning ways. Um, I think it's also worth mentioning that Spurs have been really good at home recently. Uh, they beat Man City, West Ham and Chelsea um, in all of the last three, obviously doing it to nil as well. So, yeah, pretty emphatic wins there. Uh, Nottingham Forest, I think they've got a really poor away record. They've got the worst in the league, in fact. So, yeah, that's obviously not been great for them. I think, you know, they've lost five, drawn three of their 13 uh, away matches. So, a side who have struggled on their travels, um, as I said. So, with Spurs being so good at home, Nottingham Forest struggling away from home, uh, I think this will be an emphatic Spurs win. And uh, I do think they'll win both halves. OK, then next up is Wolves' trip to Newcastle. And Craig, with the Magpies down on their luck right now, with Wolves to win at 9-2... to two, be too big of a shout before Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's possible. Um, no winning five games for Newcastle. They've not scored in three of those games too. Um, I'm usually, when when we go through the last few weeks of the podcast, when you're offering the double chance, I'm usually the one who pushes and goes for the big one and goes for the win. But I'm going to do the opposite here. And I do think that it's the double chance market that sort of really appeals to me 
Um, Wolves are a draw. It's six to five, so obviously much lower in odds. But I just think that you know Newcastle are in a position where I don't. I'm not saying that they're like Wolves are going to win this game, but I just cannot back Newcastle to to beat pretty much anyone at the moment. They've, I think we're sort of only just realising just how badly Newcastle are playing at the minute and how much of a dip they've taken. Um, Wolves come here on the back of a really big 1-0 victory over Spurs. Another confidence-boosting victory for them. They're continuing to head in the right direction. You know, if Wolves keep doing what they've done for the last few weeks, um, give them sort of two or three weeks. We're talking about Crystal Palace being in deep trouble in two or three weeks. Wolves will be safe in two or three weeks. Um, they've sort of really turned things around well. I like what they're doing. I think that going up to Newcastle and winning might be a bit too much of a stretch, but definitely on the double chance to to come away with at least a point would uh, really appeal to me. Now, Jamie, we've discussed Newcastle's goal-scoring woe at length and Wolves aren't really known for truly putting teams to the sword either. So does mm. this game have all the hallmarks of under 2.5 goals, odds of 8 to 11? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the stats, I think it very much is the case. Uh, Newcastle is now just three goals in the last eight league games. Um, so, yeah, very much a side struggling for goals. They've also blanked in five of those eight matches, which are really kind of a shocking stat for them, uh, especially the way they had been playing. So, yes, I think Newcastle 100% aside struggling for goals. Then they face a, a Wolves team who are the lowest scorers in the division. They've scored just 19 times in 26 matches. So, again, another team really struggling for goals. So, yeah, and then, of course, you factor in that Newcastle actually have the best defence in the league. So this could obviously be a very tricky one for Wolves to kind of break them down. Um, so, yes, everything kind of points towards a low-scoring one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you here. OK, then, before we move on any further, I want a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going back to uh, what I spoke about at the very, very start of the podcast. I'm going to go with Liverpool to beat Bournemouth 1-0, which is available at 17-2. to um, As I sort of mentioned, I, I do think that the bookmakers have sort of jumped on the fact that both of these teams were involved in big scoring games. But when you look back and look at the sort of the wider picture over the past few weeks rather than just last weekend, um, Bournemouth have been better defensively. They've been keeping teams down and Liverpool were short of goals before that. Um, I just think there's a bit of an overreaction, sort of from from the public and from the bookmakers. Really, um, odds of 17 to two appeal to me for a one nil win. I think Liverpool are good enough to win this, but I think this will be a very tight uh, early kickoff game, which which adds a bit more sort of, I think obviously often sort of muddies the water a little bit and makes things not as clear cut. So that sort of plays into Liverpool winning by a narrow margin rather than a big margin as well. Um, so yeah, Liverpool to beat Bournemouth one nil for me, seventeen to two. Sound logic, I'd have to say. And Jamie, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to go for another Barcelona win. I'm going to go for two nil uh, over uh, Bilbao. Uh, Barcelona, they've won uh, seven of their last uh, nine matches in La Liga to nil. Um, so a side who have defensively been fantastic. Then of course you look at Bilbao. Um, you know, that I think they lost on the weekend. And they've also failed to score in six of the last 10 matches. So, again, you kind of can compare the form of Barcelona, compare the form of, of Bilbao in terms of lack of scoring goals. And, uh, yes, I think Barca will get another win to nil here. I think they'll do it 2-0 uh, and you get that at 9-1. to one. That's another top shout. And, of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there's plenty more Premier League headlines to pop up now, and there's four really bitty games in terms of outcomes. First up is Everton at home to Brentford. So, Craig, the Toffees picked up a point on Sunday. Can they earn three at home against the Bees, odds of 13-8? to eight? Yeah, we're definitely seeing some fight from Everton now. Um, 
But what we're also seeing from Everton is sort of far better performances at home compared to away. Um, and with that in mind, I think they'll have targeted this game. I think this will be one of the games that they target as a game to get something from. So, so there will be sort of this, this maybe a slightly added pressure on the squad from Sean Dyche. Um, but let's not forget that Brentford are a very tidy outfit. I do like Brentford. Everton will want to win, but I think actually getting a win when they come up against Brentford is, is a completely different thing altogether. Um, I think the draws the bet here. Brentford have drawn 11 games all season, which is incredible to, to see them drawing so many. And that includes their last two away from home as well. Um, draws no good for either team, really. You know, neither team want to draw. They both want three points. But ultimately, I think Everton will show a lot of fight and enough to gain a draw, but not enough to win the game against a good Brentford side, while Brentford are sort of in a bit of a routine of drawing at the minute. So both teams might have to settle for a point each. Yeah, Sean Dyche said on Sunday after the draw at Nottingham Forest that that's going to be used as a building block. And I think that's perfect for the home game at the weekend. But Jamie, by the same token, Brentford haven't lost in their last 12. That's the current unbeaten longest run in the Premier League. So would you be bold enough to back the away win at odds of 7-4? Or do you like Craig's logic? Yeah, I'm going to go for a Brentford win here. Uh, I think Everton, they were beaten 2-0 in their last home match by Aston Villa. Um, so kind of following a, a, a kind of a strong start under Sean Dyche, it's, it's not really been actually the best of starts in the end. Obviously, they got that win against Arsenal, but since then, it's, it's not been kind of great form for them. Um, I think everyone kind of assumed that they would really go and kick on now and start really picking up results, but it's not really been the case. I think it's been two wins, three defeats and a draw for the Toffee since Sean Dyche took charge. So, not great. And then, of course, you know, for a team who have been struggling for goals, they come up against Brentford, who have been really good defensively. Uh, they've got the seventh best defensive record in the league this season. Uh, they've kept three clean sheets in the last six as well. And uh, I think they can keep Everton at bay. So, you know, I'm going to go for a Brentford win and I'm going to go for them to do it to nil. And uh, you can get that at 10 to 3. I do think this is going to be another win for Brentford. You said they've been on this great unbeaten run. They have been the side really tricky to break down. Um, and uh, yeah, I, mean, I think they're going to do it to nil uh, on the weekend. OK, then Leeds by host of Brighton and Craig. Javi Gratia couldn't build on his debut win at the weekend, just gone. Can he make it two home wins from two, though? Or it's off 11 to four? No, I don't think he can. I like Brighton in this one. Um, they're 20 to 21, so very slightly odds on for this one. Um, and basically, it's just about what I saw last weekend from Brighton. Um, to me, that's the first time for quite a few weeks where... We've seen the real Brighton, and, and yes, you know, I'll, I'll allow people to throw back to me that it was against a very poor West Ham team, but let's not forget this is a poor Leeds team. Um, so I, I'm not sort of thinking that Brighton only looks so good because of the opposition, because they've got the chance to do that again this weekend. Um, Leeds at home, you know, they need points. Again, sort of, as we mentioned with Everton, these teams at the bottom will really be focusing and targeting on their home games. But I just think that this is now the chance for Brighton to sort of really kick on again, build on what they did last week and, and move forward. I don't think they've necessarily played bad, but I think they've sort of been maybe stuttering a little for the past few weeks. Um, but I think that last weekend's a, a big sort of turning point, the start of something for Brighton. So I'm going to go with a Brighton win here away at Leeds. Well, Jamie, as Craig says, Brighton 20-21 to 21 to win at the weekend at Leeds. So is this something that you are agreeing with in terms of the performance? Because, yep. yes, they smashed West Ham. West Ham were woeful, but that result has almost sort of boosted Brighton again after a little bit of a floundering. So are they going to build on that success? Yeah, 100%. I, th I think, uh, you know, it's been a mixed run for Brighton recently. It's two wins, two draws and a defeat in the last five. Um, they obviously followed that with that that fatic win against West Ham. So that does feel like the, the kind of a real confidence boosting win for them and maybe a turning point where, you know, they do get back on track. 
Uh, they go away to a lead side who have, have been in very mixed form at home this season. Uh, they've won four, drawn four and lost four in, the, in all of their 12 home matches uh, this season. So very mixed form from them. You know, you don't really know what you're going to get with Leeds at home. But uh, I think this Brighton side are, are certainly good enough to win this one. Uh, Brighton themselves are undefeated in five away uh, matches as well. So, um, yeah, I'm going to batten to do it again. And uh, I think they'll get the win here. Now, Saturday also sees Leicester play host to Chelsea. Two teams that haven't really been sharp in front of goal as of late. Craig, do you see this encounter being one that ends in under 2.5 goals or to 4-5? to Yeah, well, well, first of all, Dan, thanks very much for not asking me the outcome of this game. I will leave that one to Jamie <laughs> because, to me, this is the toughest game of the week by, by a mile to sort out. Um, so, good luck in a minute, Jamie. Um, I, I think... I do like like a lack of goals here, and, and I'm not going to say anything that's sort of rocket science and anything else that, that people can't see if you just take a quick look back. Um, Chelsea, two goals in the last six Premier League games. Leicester, no goal in their last three Premier League games. Um, everything points towards under 2.5 goals here. There's nothing at all, even sort of Chelsea's winning Europe in midweek, I still don't think there's anything that points me towards thinking that either of these two teams can come here and, and really sort of smash the opposition in any way. Um, it just looks like a game that's going to be very tight, cagey, not too many chances, and nobody really informed to put those chances away if they do come. Um, so it's, it's definitely under 2.5 goals for me in this one. OK, Jamie, you've got the toughest question of this episode. Pick out the outcome, please. Yeah, do you know what? I actually do have an emphatic answer here. I Ooh. do think it will be a Chelsea win. Uh, I'm pretty confident of that. Uh, I think... I was really kind of shocked to see Leicester's run of form and, and how poor it has been. And that's what has really swayed me. Typically, it was, uh, you know, their drop-offs come after that 4-1 win against Spurs. And just really frustrating as a Spurs fan to see how poor they have been recently. I think it's three defeats in a row for them. They obviously got knocked out of the FA Cup. I think it was at the hands of Blackburn. Um, so that's been really poor. They've now lost seven of their last 10 league matches since the restart. So a team who have just been all out of sorts recently, uh, since the World Cup and they've been really poor. Then you look at Chelsea, obviously got that big confidence boosting win against Borussia Dortmund on Tuesday. They obviously beat Leeds as well. So I do think they'll get back-to-back wins here. Um, so, yeah, I, I think actually Chelsea will do it to nil as well. I think, you know, they've obviously got a, t- they're a side there who have been really good defensively. They've got the fourth best defensive record in the league. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they also face a side who have failed to score uh, in in uh, three of the last four matches, so in in Leicester, so uh, yes, I actually got an emphatic answer. I think it'd be a Chelsea win to nil at uh, twelve to five. See, he's made it look easy. But let's go to West Ham. They play Lanaka on Thursday night in the Europa Conference League. Let's focus on Sunday though. Craig, a miserable showing at the Amex last weekend. Can they find a response, or is this going to be a third straight league win for Villa? Odds of six to five. Um, you know, what? I'm going to go with West Ham here. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with with West Ham win. Absolutely dreadful last week, um, but far better at home. If you look at the last three home games, they've been wins with clean sheets against Nottingham Forest and Everton and a 1-1 draw against Chelsea. Um, that's all good form and, and exactly what West Ham need right now to sort of kick clear of the relegation zone. And again, I'll sort of go back to the point that I made around Leeds and, and Everton. Home games are absolutely crucial for the teams in the relegation zone at the minute. They're the games where there is the extra pressure on to go out there and get get wins and, and the extra sort of focus. And I do think that West Ham will win this. Um, Aston Villa come here on the back of two wins, both with clean sheets as well. So this is nothing against Aston Villa. I just think that 
West Ham need to bounce back and put a good performance in because they were absolutely terrible last week. But when you look at the home form and separate that away from the away defeats, they've not been too bad and they've been winning big games against teams that they need to win. And I think this game against Aston Villa is, is another game where they will feel they need to win it to uh, to get clear of the relegation zone. So nothing against Aston Villa at all. I just think West Ham's going to win this one. Now, Jamie, Ollie Watkins has been in a scoring groove recently. He didn't find the net at home to Palace, though. Maybe should have. But would you back him to score any time on Sunday, odds of 13-5? to five? Yeah, do you know what? I'm actually going to go against Craig here. And I think that West Ham is definitely here for the taking. I mean, we saw them produce that really poor performance against Brighton, losing 4-0. Um, I think the big factor as well in this one is, you know, them being in European action on, on Thursday. So I think Villa were able to take full advantage of that. I think for West Ham, obviously, it's been such a difficult season for them. So I think they'll look at this competition and, and think they can really go and win it. And I think they're going to go full strength on, on Thursday. And that will have an impact on the weekend's game. I think Villa, they've obviously been on a fairly mixed run. But I think generally they have been good uh, under Unai Emery. Um, and, and that's why I think they will take full advantage of West Ham here. And uh, yeah, obviously you mentioned Ollie Watkins been in great form. And uh, I, I really don't see any reason why he won't score on the weekend. So yeah, I'd, I'd certainly be backing him to do so. OK, let's throw up EFL Corner. Actually, we haven't been there in a while. And it's a big weekend for Barnsley. So Craig, you're the right man to chat to. Barnsley Plymouth, take it away. Yeah, Dan, it's, it's an absolutely monumental game for Barnsley. Um, they, they were always going to have a, a sort of a run of big games these sort of next few weeks. But this is the one. I think if Barnsley don't win this game, automatic promotion is sort of out of the window, really. So Barnsley are chasing Plymouth, who they play on Saturday. Um, they're 11 points behind Plymouth, which sounds a lot. But Barnsley have got two games in hand. So that's potentially six points if you win them both. Um, that becomes nine points if if Barnsley can beat sort of Plymouth at the weekend, which then the gap's two. But if Barnsley don't, then even if things go well with the games in hand, then that, that gap's you know still far too big for me. So I think this is sort of la last chance saloon for Barnsley's automatic promotion hopes. But they come in here in absolutely brilliant form. Um, they played last night against Portsmouth, absolutely fantastic in the first half. Put that game to bed. Uh, eventually won three one. Um, Two weeks ago, played at home against Derby, another team who were, who were up there and, and won 4-1 and were absolutely emphatic against a very, very good Derby team. Uh, Plymouth, sort of sadly for me, but brilliantly for them, um, were losing 1-0 last night against Derby after about an hour, but came back and won that game 2-1, so they did pick up three points. Um, the sort of League One playoff race is, is shaping up to be absolutely fascinating. If Plymouth do hold on and get get automatic promotion, we've got a likely four in the playoffs of Derby, Bolton, Ipswich and Barnsley, four big clubs with big names who, who probably all feel that they should be in the championship. So it, it should be an absolutely fantastic end to the season. Um, purely based on home form at the minute, I don't think Barnsley will fear absolutely anyone coming coming down to Oakwell. Um, so, so I would pick Barnsley to win this. I, I, I'm biased, you know, every, everybody knows I'm biased. But I just think they're playing so well at home at the minute. Um, the one thing that Barnsley have added over the January transfer window is depth. So they've got half an hour into the uh, so half an hour left in the game, and at the start of the season they didn't really have many options up from the bench, but they've now got that. Um, I think it's the last sort of three games, four games. After an hour, they've changed both the strikers and brought two other strikers on. They've added fresh legs in midfield without losing any quality. Um, that's been a big difference for Barnsley. So it's a massive game. Barnsley need to win. I do think they'll win. Still might not be enough. But, yeah, if, if you want anything to keep your eye on over the next couple of months, um, the League One playoff race and, and eventual teams that will get into the playoffs, 
looks set to be an absolutely fascinating clash of, of some very big teams. Let's keep him pilled. I think the Championship playoff race is going to be just as frenetic. And congratulations if you pick March for Watford manager Bingo, because Chris Wilder is now in the hot seat for how long, who knows. But Jamie, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, an interesting appointment here. I, I don't know whether to kind of praise them and, and whether they've done it at the right time. Obviously, it is their third manager of the season. So, you know, in a way, they've obviously got that the previous appointment wrong in, in Slaven Bilic. Um, you know, just 11 games he lasted. So that was obviously something that's pretty poor. But look, the season's still very much alive for them at the moment. They're only four points off the playoffs. So that could, obviously, you could say, look, they've done it at the right time. They've acted fairly decisively. But look, we know with Watford, they love to change their managers. They've got it wrong already once this season. So I think you maybe can um, obviously, you know, slate them a little bit for that. Um, Chris Wilder, I think he's an interesting appointment. Um, you know, did very well at Sheffield United. Obviously, taking them back into the Premier League. Obviously, almost had them challenging for Europe at one point. I think it was just before lockdown. And I think that that kind of really uh, knocked the stuffing out of them and that they, you know, they failed to kind of get back on track after that. So, um, yeah, then obviously went to Middlesbrough. I think he started off fairly well from what I remember. But look, he left them in the relegation zone. Look at how well they are doing now under Michael Carrick Middlesbrough. Um, certainly looked like they made the right decision there. So, you know, it's obviously question marks now over Chris Wilder and whether he is still the right man. But look, done the job with Sheffield United. He is proven in this division. So I think it's an interesting appointment. Season, as I said, still very much alive for Watford. Maybe they've done it at the right time because they can still get into those playoffs. But uh, yeah, you just never know Watford and you never know how long he's going to last now. OK, it's time for our final bit of business now. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each. We combine it into an acca. We try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm in the championship for mine, and I'm going to go with Coventry to beat Hull, which are evens. Um, so just just in on the uh, on the stipulations for this bet, and um, Coventry are making a very late playoff push, very very late. And um, they're going to the weekend just three points off sixth place, which is pretty remarkable when you consider the start of their season. They they lost a lot of games at the start of the season. If you remember, they weren't able to play at home because of the uh, damage to the pitch after the rugby tournament of the Commonwealth Games. Um, four wins and two draws in the last six. Two good wins at home against really good sides as part of that. They bet Millwall and Sunderland both at home. Um, a big 4-0 away win against Huddersfield last week. They just look a team that's really in the groove now. And they come up against a Hull team, um, a team that have sort of lost their playoff hopes. And although it's early to say this, have not really got anything to play for at the minute. Um, Hull did win last weekend. Uh, they beat West Brom. But that's their only win from the last five. And they're a bit all over the place. And, you know, they're just sort of treading water in the middle of the table, doing nothing. Um, they've lost away against Bristol City and Norwich recently. Um, so it's a home win for me. I think Coventry could continue their playoff push. Uh, they're Coventry to beat Hull at evens for me. OK, then, Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to stick in the championship for my pick as well. I'm going to go for Norwich to beat Sunderland at four to five. Uh, Norwich, they've won three in a row, um, obviously back into the playoff spots as well. Meanwhile, you look at Sunderland, uh, they've lost three in a row and they've dropped into 11th place. So I think with the game being at Carrow Road, you compare the contrast in form. Uh, I'm going to back another Norwich win at four to five. OK, then I'm packing the passport to Germany as it's derby day in the Bundesliga on Saturday. And that means I'm off to Schalke as they host Borussia Dortmund in the bid to reign supreme in the Ruhr Valley. Host Schalke are in the bottom three at present, but are actually unbeaten in their last six. The last two performances have been league wins and they do enter the weekend with some semblance of good form. However, that form has been blown out the water by Dortmund. They've won each of their last eight 
And with that in mind, I'm backing the black and yellow to make it nine in a row. And for this reason, I'm backing the away win odds of four to six. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, thanks very much, Dan. Really looking forward to the, to the weekend of football. Hopefully Barnsley is still in the automatic hunt by the time we record next. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. Top man and Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. And uh, hopefully it's not so much of a, a roller coaster week for Spurs. Hopefully it's a positive one, uh, starting with uh, th- this evening's game against AC Milan. I'm still, for some reason, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really hoping we can kind of get, you know, get something from this season. Obviously, the Champions League really feels like it's kind of the last thing to play for. No, of course, we're not going to win it, but I'd, I'd like to just go as far as possible in it. I think we've got a good chance against AC Milan, the side who lost on the weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, Spurs, as I mentioned, the side who have been at home. So I'm hoping that we can get back to winning ways this evening. And uh, yeah, hopefully it's a much more positive week than the last. Cheers, mate. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. (laughs) 